And welcome back to the Book and Life podcast. You're on with Crystal Fleming, and today I have got one of the hardest working agents in this business today. Girls, if you, girls and boys, if you want an agent who will work his ass off till he dies, this is the person for you. He does not give up. So I can't wait to talk to him. But before we do that, you know the routine. We've got an advert from Marianne Curley's fourth book of The Time Guardian. I will read the blurb and then we'll get to meet this amazing man. The battle is over. The war is won. The prophecy complete. But life can't just pick up where it left off for Ethan. Struggling to cope with tragic loss. At odds with friends and the guard. He finds himself adrift. Jumping in shadows and sensing someone who can't possibly be there. Blaming herself, the goddess Athena's death, Giselle swears revenge to fullify the immortal's plan for world domination, but Giselle hadn't planned on love. And that leaves her with an unbearable choice. Should she follow her heart, or the strings of a goddess short on praise, but high on expectation, who continues to pull her from the grave? As the guard and the order battle through the past into the impossible future, Darkness lurks around every corner. The fight for the world's survival rests with just one. Is it friend or foe who stands in the shadows? And just a reminder that The Prince of, uh, Price of Freedom by Rosemary Rowan, the British uh, Roman crime series, is having a large portion of her donations de- donated to, or a large portion of her royalties donated to the Ukraine refugee crisis, along with her agent who's donated her commission. With that being said, let's welcome the hardest working agent in the business and uh, someone you know, I like to call a friend, Eric Miller. Welcome to the show. And of course, with with you know our own history, uh, we've known each other for couple of years and uh, I can safely say that you know you are one of the hardest working agents and it's a true truly an honor to have you as the first agent that we've have we were having on the show um you know it's the the listeners they want to know about lich you know the literacy agency side of things because there's been a lot of scandal in the literacy side of things lately there's been agencies that shot due to maybe not being socially correct and maybe not fully understanding their clients or, you know, there's also been ones that have maybe not been diverse or totally inclusive. So it's nice to have an agent on here who, does, you know, is inclusive and he cares. And that's the great thing that you guys are all going to learn about today. And I know Eric is going to sort of, have his head in his hands, shaking his head because his inbox is going to fill up with uh, submissions, I'm guaranteed. But trust me, ladies, he's he's well worth it. And if you want someone that can handle steamy hot romances and romance novels, he's your guy. So I think that, you know, it's true. You you, you certainly handled my stuff and, and I, I know mine can get a little bit steamy. So, you know. Like- so let's talk about... Um, the current releases that your authors had, what's the ones that you've worked on and that you would say are the ones that you're most excited about that's been released lately? Well, again, I want to thank you, Crystal, for having me. And it's great to see everybody and meet everybody. Um, so I'm, I've been in the publishing world for about 40 years. I was a book publisher first, a company called Wicker Park Press. My parents had a company called um, Academy Chicago Publishers, and uh, they were a small publisher, but they did a lot of um, different kinds of books, you know, fiction, nonfiction. They were so, they retired, they sold it to Chicago Review Press. So the book Academy Chicago Publishers is an imprint within Chicago Review Press. So you won't really find a, you won't really find a, uh, you know, a website for Academy Chicago. We used to have it. Um, You'd have to do like a Wayback Machine or something to find it. But um, if you want to learn about my mom, it's on my website. It's 3ibooks.com. It's the numeral three, letter I like India, and then books like the kind you read. And then you click on my inspiration, and you'll see 
stuff about my mom. She had a PhD and she was really amazing. So that's my inspiration. And my passion is to give give, um, voice to the unheard and to help people. I'm passionate about helping people get, you know, get their stuff in print. And um, I'm I'm telling you, it's it's not really anything that I did like amazingly well. I just never gave up. I, I never gave up. I just kept going. So I've had some really good success. So I do want to talk about a couple of books that are coming out. I was telling Crystal about this book about the Halloween film franchise. I created a series called the um, uh, Classic American Horror Films, you know, something like that, you know, classic. I can't, I can't remember the name right now, but it's, 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 a, it's a series. We're doing the Halloween book. One of my clients is a woman named Kim Gottlieb Walker. She's a photographer. And she was on the photography uh, for the first two films. There's 13 films. There's a 13th film coming out um, in October. So we're going to, you know, we're, we're, we're piggybacking on that. She she worked on Halloween 1 and 2. And she's actually got a romance that she's working called Lens Woman. That book has is being considered by Hallmark. It's being considered by um, Blackstone. There's a couple other ones. It's not quite there yet, but um, she's been working on it. But She's part of the Halloween. She's in. She's part of the Halloween book. He, he interviewed um, Scotty McCoy, who's the editor. Interviewed fourteen different people. He's got fourteen people from you know from the movies that are their interviews. Also, a, um, a, a trivia section about each movie. Word scramble trivia section. It's really a great book. So that one's coming out. The one that I'm really excited about. There's a series. It's set in, it's a privatized series set in New Haven, Connecticut, which is where Yale University is, called Elm City Blues. And uh, it's coming out from Wolfpack Publishing in, uh, it's actually called Rough Edges Press in, um, in Las Vegas. And, and I've sold them three different um, series. So the series that I, I sent, Elm I'm, City yeah. Blues, it's really good, man. It's really, really good. And so the second one is called For a Dancer. Which is about a, a, a like like a like a like a stripper that's getting stalked, and then the third one is Mosaic, which is set during the the COVID thing. But it's really good. It's it's sort of reminiscent of Robert Parker and Sue Grafton. It's, it's first. Yeah, race. that's really awesome. And I I know there's a lot of crime listeners out here. So and it says best-selling author. He was he was on the in the L.A. Times bestseller list for the Snark Handbook. They sold a hundred thousand copies. Skyhorse. So he's awesome. And that's a success story. I'm telling you, it took two years. It took two years for us mm-hmm. to get this deal, you know. So then um, one of my first, um, so there's a lady here named uh, S.J. Slagle, and she's got a book called London Spies. There's London Spies, Oslo Spies, and Washington Spies. And those are spy stories. Those are available now as well, all three of them, from uh, Rough Edges Press. And it's about a woman named Phyllis Bowden, who is a CIA agent. I think they called it something. It was like the O O C the O. Anyway, she's a she's a stage, and so it starts at the end of World War Two in London. Then she goes to Oslo, and she her her boyfriend gets caught in Romania. She ends up going to uh, to Washington. That's a new one, and it's all about the nuclear bomb. So, so that's a great series. And then yeah, that sounds the Scottish stuff. <laughs> I'm really excited. I just sold a series of art theft mysteries by her name's B Green, Beatrice Green. She lives in Edinburgh, yeah. and it's called uh, "Stealing the Spanish Princess." So there's a there's a murder of a Russian oligarch's girlfriend, and a priceless El Greco painting gets stolen. So it's a goes all the way over yeah. to Saint Petersburg, and then the second book is called "The Chagall Cello," which is um, set in. Um, it's about it. It's it's it's. Um, these these the Chagall paintings got stolen during World War Two in Kristallnacht. There's an old broken glass in 1938 in Berlin. So there's a murder, a triple murder of this yeah. of the old Nazi guy and his son and his. So that that that's there. And then the third one is called the Viking Horde, and that's set in the oh, Isle. Okay. Of, yeah, the Viking Horde. It's set in the Isle of um, Harris. Yeah. Something in Harris. Harris and something. Anyway, in the Outer Hebrides. And that one is coming. So I just sold that one too. Right? So I'm getting my confidence level is like, it's going really high. Yeah, you know? it sounds it. It sounds like you're really on a roll here. It's just yeah, fantastic. So three, three times three is nine, you know. So yeah, no, you, you're doing incredible. I'm yeah, you know, those are the ones that I'm excited about. And uh, you know, it's just um, there's other stuff coming out too, but 
I just wanted to share that with you, you know. And if, so if what it, inspired you to to become a literacy agent? What what was the inspiration that's behind really, that? Yeah, that's interesting because I was a publisher and I was a sort of an editor and I was kind of a marketing person. And Cinda, who's the lady, her name's Cinda. She's the lady that wrote the London Spies, also Spies, in Washington. She lives here in Reno. I live in Reno, Nevada. It's kind yeah. of on the border of. Um, it's not near Las Vegas. It's kind of on the border of California. It's close to California. And she yeah. kind of convinced me to do it just because I was trying to help her get, you know, her books published. And I really found mm-hmm. my calling. I, you know, it was two authors here that are clients of mine that sort of said, you know, you really need to be an agent. You really should try that. So I just, yeah. I just jumped in with both feet. I sent something to Avon, you know, just like right off the bat, you know, it was like, oh, yep. this is great. You know, you need to do this. And of course, you know, rejected, rejected, rejected. But what, what made me do an agent is just that it just sort of, you know, it really does. It, it, it you know, I, I used to try like being like a promote, like a, like a book promotion person. I wasn't very good at that. Being an editor is, is, is fine, but it just sort of, it's, it's, it's kind of a niche for me. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I, I, you know, you, you're either called to it or you're not like, I mean, I, I tried to go away from writing. I, I sort of walked away after you and me had worked together. And I couldn't. I just couldn't walk away. I had too many stories that, that called me back. And I remember writing an ICU and, you know, the nurse saying to me that I'm the only person she's ever known to be sitting writing a story in ICU while, you know, I have a trach in and I'm not not well. So you know, either you're called to do something or you're not. And I, I think that's that's really important and it's it it has an impact on us all. And I'm I'm very excited to be able to have you on so you can share your story and, and your feelings on it. So let's talk about your book side of life. Um because obviously uh, agents and writers we have to all read a lot. It's part yeah. part of our discipline and part of who we are. So what book have you read, obviously a published book, that you've read recently that stuck with you the most? You know, the um, I, I read it kind of every other year. It's uh, Stendhal's The Red the Red and the Black. It's just such a yeah. it's such a great book because it's set in 1830. And 1830 was really kind of like the beginning of the beginning of the modern era, you know, era. Just this whole idea yeah. of like, you know, because it was there. So that's one book that I always come back to. It's just like a really, you know, so 19th century European novel that kind of set the stage for a whole bunch of other ones to come, you know, like Flaubert and Dostoevsky and, you know, it's all story, you know, but it, it's, yeah, it's yeah. just very, <clears throat> that book, I, I don't know, I just, I, I, I keep reading it. It's, it's, it's so, it's so modern in its own way considering and it's it's it, it's 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 really it's it's really good so i like that i also like mark twain mark mm-hmm. twain mm-hmm. he did a book called roughing it it was his first book and he came out from he lived in um, hannibal missouri he lived in missouri in the middle of the country and he came out here and it's just this amazing diary he's just such a great he's such a he's such a great writer and uh, that was his first book and actually, I think he did one called Life on the Mississippi. that was like a bestseller in Germany. So he was just this like, this, you know, this is Very talented, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just amazing, you know. And he could do anything, you know. He, his, his, um, his uh, you know, he did a diary or he did a, the, you know, he did this, you know, I can't remember. It's um, from the University of California Press. He wouldn't let it be published for 100 years. And he did this from the grave. He actually created a bestseller from the grave. You know what I'm saying? It's like, wow. Nobody can do that. You know what I'm saying? So No, no. He's, that's he's, amazing. He's amazing. He's amazing. So to me, he's a great writer. I like Edgar Allan Poe. I like Nathaniel Hawthorne. Um, I like some of the American, you know. I was you know. I was excited to um, be coming on with you today because I actually had a list of people I wanted to recommend to you that are published, very successful. And in fact, they've been on the show. Um, now, this is obviously coming out in the second second week of November. So I was thinking to myself, I've got to tell them because that way you can listen to these people before you read them. Yeah, yeah right. And, can, is it like yeah, there's a way to like 
click on it and watch the podcast, right? Yeah, you can, you can, you can listen to it on Spotify and you can come and, you know, the show's everywhere. So um, one of the names I was going to suggest to you was M.W. Craven. And he writes an incredible murder series set in Washington, uh, D.C., but he actually is a British ex-probation officer. <coughs> Interesting. So it has a really good edge to it um, and a great sense of humor. And I think you'll love it anyway. And the other person I was going to recommend to you is Fiona Cummings. And she is a international bestseller. Yeah, I think I've heard for, of her. Yeah, The Bone Collector. Um, uh, the, I think it was Bone Shaker. And she's just released a new one called Into the Dark. And these are very nitty gritty British style crime novels. Which I just mm, I I, I knew you would appreciate and love. So I kept some names aside for you. So there, um, there's a, there's a lady her name's Joe Dutton, Joe uh, Joe Babington yeah. Jones. I've got this book from her. It's called The Right Way to Die. Like right as in the right way to die. And it's all oh, right. This, okay. This lady that, that could joins, be interesting. Uh, yeah. She joins a. She lives in a little seaside town in England. Right. It's like sort of idyllic. But she joins this. Um, he joins this book group, and they all write the murder mystery. Well, it turns out one of them is like a serial killer, and they have to, you know. Oh, so it's, it's, it's re- it starts out as kind of a cozy mystery, yeah. and then it gets really gritty. <laughs> it gets like really, <laughs> good, you know. So the, and it's, the last name you need the right way to. So I, I was I have a guy. He's a he's actually an older yeah. gentleman, and he reads books for me. He's this amazing reader. He's just. Yeah. Some people are writers, some people are readers, some people are agents, but this guy really knows that. So I told him, hey, read this book. And I had only read like half of it. He kind of was to the, yeah. to, to the call and he's like, what was that? Well, you know, you sent it the weirdest stuff. So I was like, oh shit, I need to read this. So it was like, <laughs> it was like nine o'clock at night. I'm reading it on my screen. I'm reading it. I'm reading it. I'm reading. The end comes. I go to the bathroom. Somebody like pokes me on the on the shoulder, I'm like, Whoa! <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> you jump it's, at it's your that kind of impact. You know what I'm saying? It was just yeah. like art imitating life, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. yeah. It's big. You know, I like it. The I last thing you should, that, I'm close. Yeah. Yeah. The last one you need to write down is Marzi Taylor. Okay. From Shetland. Now she's actually the second episode. Marzi M A R A S A. L I Marzi Taylor. And she's actually um she's already her episodes already come out on Spotify. Mm-hmm. And she was my English uh she, she she was an English teacher in Shetland and she kinda guided me into writing. And uh you know, we keep in close contact and she's she's incredibly gifted. She does an entire murder series around a sailing boat. That's cool. Because she actually sails, she sails yeah. real ships and stuff, and it, I think it's it's very different, uh, very eerie. And I just I I just knew your your name came to my head as soon as I read it, the first one. That's cool. Uh, so Marcy those too. are three great authors for you to check out and and Thank enjoy you. at leisure. Um, Appreciate it. You know, and and those are all going to be episodes that we have on the podcast too, which is it just fun. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Uh, who do you wish, if you had infinite time and you could just sit and read for enjoyment, who would you pick and why? Like which writer, you mean? Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. You can have a writer and a series. So you can pick a pick an author and a series that you can read. The Yeah, you know, that's a good question. Um, I'm thinking about, you know, normally I'm pretty good at like coming, coming back with stuff. Um, you know... I, I think, you know, I, I like I like the 19th century European writers. You know, I mean, I really, I really yeah. do, and I, I, I would love, you know, so probably Dostoevsky or Tolstoy, you know, like War and Peace, or you know, Notes from the Underground, or you know, some other kind of, you know, thing. You know, that's just, you know, if I, if I had just just like sit around and read stuff, that's probably yeah, what course. I would read. You know, Flaubert. I like Balzac. Um, <laughs> You know, I like some of those guys, you know. So, you know, if I had time, <laughs> if I had time, I could sit on my porch. 
Well, that's the idea. Like eventually, one day you know, just sit on your porch you know, and you know it, it, it's, and a whole idea, like, it's a whole idea. Like 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 I had some ideas for books or whatever, but it's like the cobbler's son has no shoes. You know, I have to keep reading other people's stuff. You know, and I'm really yeah, of course, I've got a lot to do, but it's a good problem to have. You know, I think it's yeah, good too much. It to is read. a good, and I mean, I I know that I'll probably never stop writing. I'll never retire from writing. Because I just adore, like, the stories that's in my head. It's never going to go away. But I also adore the, adore the process of, of literally sitting down and writing the stories and experiencing the world this. that they have to offer. I say this for your audience, too. Just, you know, don't give up. You know, just keep, keep doing. That's yeah. one of the things I'm impressed with you, Crystal, is, like, you never gave up. You just kept going. And if it's, you Some know, people not, call me a bulldozer. <laughs> you know. Don't give up. But, yeah, if you don't have that grit and determination, you're never going to make it anywhere. That's right. And I've fought back from some really serious stuff in my life. And, um, you know, that's that's the main thing for me. Like, just looking at what I've come through and what I've come back from, There, you know, there's no way that I'm not going to just keep plowing on and plowing ahead until I, until I get there. Even if it does drive those that work around me crazy, um, what are you going to you do? Know, it's really, yeah. really important. No, what are you? Is, gonna... is there an author, past and present, who's influenced, inspired, and made you excited to read books and to represent authors? You know, like I, I had mentioned, I had mentioned Mark Twain as as, as an inspiration because he was also a publisher. Like he came up with, um, yeah. President Grant, he came up with his memoirs and he figured out what the market was for it. And that book's still in print. And so I'm inspired by him. I just, I just kind of feel like he was not just a, a writer, but he was like a public figure. So to me, I just, I get, you know, just reading his stuff. You know, I have his collected essays and I just read him and it's just, he's, he's so witty and so modern in his own way. So for me, I, I, I mean, I, I really, I, I, I really do like him. And um, there's other books that I have that you know that, that like I like Dickens. You know, um, I, I, I like I like some of the older stuff. You know, but again, yeah. and like I said, um, um, you know, some, like mysteries or something for me. It's kind of I used to I used to edit for them, edit mystery. Mm-hmm. You know, and and like it was like work to read them. But I enjoy a good yeah. one, you know. I really do enjoy a good mystery. So that's you know, I like romance, I like thriller, I like horror, I like erotica, I like all this. You know, I, those are the kinds of things that I'm. You just like a little to. bit of everything. Yeah, I'm drawn <laughs> to the sort of genre fiction, but I found that romance is the hardest one to kind of yeah. break into, just because they're so. And it's, it's like YA or children's books too. Those two categories, especially romance, mm-hmm. because they're so rigid in their you know view and uh, yeah it's a much harder industry it's much more demanding i think and yeah you know you're right it, you have to know the right people to 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 you make do. your way in and to 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 actually meet what what genre are you drawn to when you visit bookshops or an online bookstore where do you feel like your heart sort of tells you to go when you when you're looking well, for a new I, book I, I, to read. When I go to a bookstore, there's a bookstore here in Reno called Grassroots, and it's kind of a combination yeah. of it's a combination of new books and used books. They have CDs. They have so, so. there's a there's an independent bookstore here in Reno, um, and um, they're, but they're kind of snobby. You know, I mean, it's a very nice, like in an old house, and it's kind of cool. And I bought yeah. I, I bought books in there, but. Grassroots, I always buy something, you know, and I, I think my judgment mm-hmm. bookstore is if you find two or three books that you really want to read in the bookstore, that means it's, it's, they're, they're doing well. Like, in other words, like booksellers, like bookshops. Yeah. That's in, in like being a writer, but having a bookshop, it's almost like you're curating the selection. So you want to yeah. choose the books. You want to do the window displays. You want to do this stuff and in, 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 in Grassroots. They even have books that are outside that are like two or three dollars yep. or something. And it's just like you can just get you can get games and get stuff. But I go in there, so I usually I'm kind of drawn to their self-help section. They have this really cool <laughs> self-help section. It's really good. And I found books. Well, that's in good. There. And 
Yeah, and yeah, it's, it's good because like it's I just way of recycling like, books. Then they have a room yeah. with like YA stuff, and it's like if I want to see kind of what's going on, they they do a really good job. So nothing like a good bookshop, man. I just you know. Yeah, I love a good bookshop. It's a holiday yeah. for me. Like I go to San Francisco. There's some amazing bookstores in San Francisco. It's just like there's one called like Red Apple or Green Apple. I mean, like Green Apple or something like that. And I went in there. I was like, whoa, you know. I could spend all day in here, but I was with my kids, so I had to leave. But I saw like three or four books that I wanted to buy. So if I had all the money, that's what that's what they interviewed Stephen King. They asked him what he wanted to do, and he said, "I just want to read books and go to the movies." That's all yeah, I want to do. That's, that's the you best know what? That's thing. That's yeah. what I, I, I stole that line. I'm like, read books and go to the movies, you know. And I haven't been in the movies <laughs> in a long time, but if I was I don't think any of us has to be. I know, I know. It's like, I don't even know if the theaters are open, but you know, Mm -hmm. I think it would be great, you know? And so, like I said, a bookshop is like a personal statement too. Yeah. I think there's one bookshop I went to in the South one time. This was like, like in the year 2000, I went to this Mm -hmm. books a million and it was in Oklahoma, Florida. I went in there. I could not find one. And the whole thing, and I was in there for like two hours. I was like, okay, this is a challenge. I'm going to try to find a book that I want to read. And I couldn't do it. So it's not always the case when you go into a store, like a bookstore, and mm-hmm. find something to read. You know, it's a pleasure if you if you can do that. So when I go to grassroots, yeah, if you can time, go in and find like one, I just have yeah. to nail my wallet because I always buy something. Always, you know, I can't go in there and not buy something. Whereas if the other one, the other one is called Sundance. You know, it's good, but it's almost like the books match the wallpaper, you know? Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's weird you say that because um, I I have also thought that on occasion when I've gone into bookstores, like, why are they all so colorful? Right. What, what's going on with this? So has there ever been a book that you've started reading and wished you'd never picked up? And if so, why? A lot of times, yeah, right? <laughs> like, oh, this... This sucks, you know. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Oh no. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like not not just that it sucks, but maybe there's something about it that's just too much for you, or it's made it so that you you can't read it, and you, you know, kind of you're left wondering guy, why somebody wrote it. Guy, he li- he lived in Detroit, and he wrote this book about this Catholic family. He was going on and on, and I was like reading it and reading it. He was really nice to me. It was really good. He was like, I've got this other novel I've done. Yep. I started reading it and it was like, what's the point? What's the point here? You know what I'm saying? It's like he's talking yep. about the guy getting dressed up for work or what's going on here or his sister. And he went back and forth in time. And I was just like, I'm sorry. You know, I just like, I, you know, it was just really. I don't get this. Yeah. It's a crap, yeah. you know. <laughs> I know, well, you but know, it's good because happens. I. Not everything yeah. can be Authors amazing. need to hear that so they can they can get better and they can yeah. expand. And, and that's the thing. Like, we need to be able to hear that something isn't perfect or isn't, you know, isn't up someone's alley so that we can maybe correct where we've gone wrong or we can simplify the message. You know, there's 101 things that we can do um, if that story is really important to us sometimes people just write for the sake of writing mm-hmm. and i think that that comes across and it's it's sad it's very you know it's it's, yeah. it's very sad and and it, you can tell that in a book sometimes if there's no passion or love that's gone into it well you know the other so thing coming into the agent part of your life mm-hmm. and your job and, and what what would you say drew you to it and what what would be the the one part of it that would maybe draw a listener that's listening to this podcast to it? So wait, so what's the question exactly? Like as an agent? So as an agent, what what would you say drew you the most to the job? And what what do you think would draw one of the listeners to this podcast to maybe following in your footsteps? Well, you know, I... I... I, I kind of felt like I'm, I'm, I'm an agent that actually reads the books. Okay. So I read the books. I, I know it's, you know, but I, I, I kind of said, I kind of presented myself as somebody like a little bit different, like in other words, more accessible, 
I'm more accessible. Yeah. Even as I'm getting a little bit more successful now, I have an office, and I, you know, you know, I mean, I made I made some progress. I moved yeah. to another place. I got my own place. And, you know, it took me a long time, but it's 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 actually this idea never giving up and, and loving a project. I love a project, any kind of project. It's like, oh, this is interesting. How do we spin this? What's the strategy? So in other words, like, for instance, it might not always be, it might not always pan out. Like my strategy could be wrongheaded or it doesn't work, but I want to work with the author to do yeah. something sort of so that it's, 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 it's successful. I'm not saying I'm perfect, but I'm drawn to it. Because, You're hardworking. Yeah. And I do it when I'm when I'm when I'm really good. When I got something really good, like, like like you guys are writers, you know, when you got something really going, like you're writing something, yeah. and it's like really working out, and it's really going, or maybe even the the character starts telling you what to write. You know, what I mean, because you've developed it so that much. happens periodically. Yeah, yep. that does. Where it's just you're channeling whatever this this character. Well, for me, yep. sometimes when I'm working on a book proposal, I was like, I got this. Add this. Do this. Figure this out. And it's just like. Man, that's that when you know you did it. Like for instance, when I did the Halloween book, I had submitted it yeah. previously, but I didn't have the fi- the pictures from Kim Gottlieb Walker. When I had finally put the pictures together, I was like, "This is a slam dunk. This is going to work." And the the, the 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 publisher calls me back, goes, "Looks good to me. I'll do it." You know, and it was just like that yeah. sense of accomplishment because I knew I had one going. I knew it. You know, and yep. it was like that. Just needed that final piece. Yeah. You can't have that every day, but it's like, okay, yeah, let's do this. Let's go do yeah, this. That's, that's, and that's my yeah, attitude. That's a let's really good thing. Let's go do this, you know, or we got this, you know. And, um, you know, it's interesting, too. I met a guy. He's got a book of um, poetry. A poetry is hard to sell. Yeah. Right? Poetry is really hard to sell. But I've got a client that did a poet. There's an Indian publisher called um cyberwit in india and he called me and he said do you have anything else that you want to do well, anyway this guy he's got all these neuroscientists he basically says that poetry is for health and well-being and he does ted talks and he's got all this stuff so i sent it yeah. to, the, to the indian publisher so what do you think of this? he goes i love it i think it's great i want to do it and then the guy then, then the author started quibbling with me like well what's he going to do like why are we going to do this and i was just like my attitude as an agent, I, I, I made a, a, a personal transformation. I was just like, why not? Why not try, you know, this is a yeah. small little publisher. Well, you know, like, oh, I, I don't want to do it. Okay, well, you know, hey, the writer's the boss. I'm, I'm working for him. But I'm just like, I don't yep. understand why you wouldn't try a different market. Like Indian market, it might work, right? This guy I, would, I would jump at it, yeah. yeah, yeah. This makes you global, yeah. I didn't even read it. I was like, okay, fine. You know? But I felt bad for the guy because I found, too, that when a publisher really wants something, they'll wriggle through broken yeah. glass to publish it. They'll do whatever, you know? And that's yeah, a great course, problem yeah. to have. That's a great problem to have. You want to get there, you know? It does. It is. It, and, it's so it. and it was perfect. And yeah. he even sent a cover. He said, what do you think? I'll do it. I'll do whatever you want in color. I'll do it in color. I'll do it. Whatever you want. You know, and I was just like, yeah. no. <laughs> yeah. And it's not like he asked you guys to like translate them like, or no, anything, know. you know? I don't get it, but you know, he wants. Yeah. There, there's sometimes there's people that wants the world and, and yeah. they don't appreciate just what they've he got. He himself and he was, you know, and it looks good. I mean, he did a really good job. He's an artist. He's a poet. He's, it's good. Yeah, but that wasn't it. That wasn't the thing because if something's good, it doesn't always mean it's going to sell. But when you've got a platform that somebody else wants to do it, like this Indian publisher, did a nice job with yeah. the book too. You know, it was good. He's a little bit weird. He doesn't say much, you know. But he was like, "Yeah, I want it," you know. And I was like, "No." Yeah, no, that's a good thing. So that it, it happens both ways, right? Like the publisher say no, yeah, it does. and the writer say no. <laughs> it's like okay. Well, I never say no. Um, yeah, I made yeah, that. Right. I, I made that my mission. I I started this 10 years ago. And, yeah. you know, Ian said to me, he's like, just take every opportunity you get because you never know what's going to explode. You never know what's going to be the moment that yeah. you look back on and, you you know, you've changed your life. And, uh, and that for me was 
was a goal of mine. Every time I got an opportunity, I always said yes. I always took it on, even if I had reservations about the people I was working with. And, uh, you know, yeah, I've, I've, I've been in some bad spots and worked with some bad people, but I've learned from that. And I've always, I always say that that's the best part for me. I've always learned something and I've yeah. always continued on. And I think that's, that's what we all need to do. That's what you got to do. What excites you most about being an agent? What's the one thing that makes you want to tell everybody else that this is the job? it's funny somebody sent me a a, a letter and they said um you know like an email message and said you know well you know uh i didn't hear from this person but it's better than a rejection and to me a rejection is like it's like um engagement so you say to them oh okay you don't want this book what types of things are you looking for so what gets me excited about it is to get those kinds of rejections and then when you do finally get the like the series, like the, the the Scottish series, another slam dunk, the one I was telling you about, the um, the stealing the Smashman, yeah. you know, when it was there and he was like, yeah, this is good because I was like, she's an excellent writer. This is an excellent book series. This is going to sell. You know, it's, it's like that gets me, that gets me excited because it, it because when when you do finally accomplish something, that sense of just almost like wanting to dance on the table or something. But what excites me yeah. is to you know, like we talked, you know. Crystal and I, we talk about different editors. Oh, this editor here or this imprint over there. If you actually hear back from them, even if they tell you no, but I've gotten one of the things that I did, and I was told this by, by, by a publisher, it's really, really hard to get feedback, like real feedback yeah. on a book. Yeah, it is. I managed to do it because I'm really good at engagement. I'm an, I'm a networking fiend. You know, I just, I really, I know that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I just, I think I you just, would agree with me on that. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, that's what gets me excited. The networking, the engagement, the hearing back from people, you know, you, you sent, you, you sent them something, they look at it and then they were like, then they look at it again because you did a really good job or you know what they're looking for. So I used to be a, yeah. a sales rep for publishers. You don't want to go into a bookstore, say in downtown San Francisco or, you know, New York or, you know, big city. And they're, 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 they're interested in left-wing books. You don't want to try and sell them a Richard Nixon book. You don't want to try and sell them something because they're going to run away from you. You know what I'm saying? You want to figure yeah, out what they they're never going to work with you again. Yeah. Curate it and give it to them and say, here, like this rough edges press, they're looking for series. I got this series, art, theft, mystery, Scotland Yard. It's, it's amazing. Here you go. And he's like, yeah, it sounds great. So to me, just hearing from somebody, if I get ignored, I don't like that. That I don't like. And that happens a lot. Yeah. You know, getting ignored is the worst. I hate it. Yeah. You know? it, it, it is. It's hard. It and happens more I think often a lot of authors, not, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It does. And you don't it, want to be. It ignored. makes me sad as well. Yeah. Yeah. It does. It, it makes me sad because, it, you know, you think to yourself, could they not even spend two minutes to write a note? I know, like, or just something, you know. Even 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 if it's okay, like like this one book I had was published before, and they you know they they they, they said this totally inane thing. It's a great book. Why don't you just tell me I don't want it because it was published in England and I don't want to you know I want I want to control everything. You know, it's like okay, you know, yeah. just say that, you know. But yeah, exactly. Guess what? Now now she's going to look for my next submission. You see what I'm saying? And I'm going to know yeah. what she wants. Okay, don't don't sell don't sell her something that's been self published before, or don't sell her something that don't send something to her that's you know published over in England. You know, don't do that. You know, yeah, yeah. Give her something you that's know totally what to original. Do, what not you know? to do, yeah, yeah. You know, oh, that makes sense, and I think that grows your relationship with publishers, and it almost takes a lot of the pressure off of publishers because they know that they can trust you. Um, to send them something worthy of their time because, you know, they're, they're trying to do a million things in one day. And you're interrupting um, their day, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're, <laughs> you're, you're taking them out of their, you know, their routine and their time and maybe out of their coffee break and you kind of have to show them that it's, it's worth Where's them my... losing co- their coffee break and uh, and paying attention to what, you, what you've got to say and what you've got to offer. And, yeah, it's, it is, it's a... Game of chess. That's what I like to say. It's it's like a. It is. It's like a horrible game of chess. Yeah. No, you're right. It's a back and it's it's a back and forth, and you got to have a 
you got to have a strategy. It's yeah. like, a, like, like it could be a tactical strategy or it could be a positional strategy. I used to play chess when I, you know, back in 72 when Bobby Fischer and Boris, you know, I was like really into it. And there is that, that yeah, idea of like of the course. art of positional play. Like, how do you do this mm -hmm. or like a tactical melee or something, you know? And it's just like, yeah, yeah. it's like you've got this thing. It's all done that way. So I agree with you. It is like a game of chess. And I don't play chess anymore, but, you know, it influenced me as a person. Yeah, it does. And I think um, you could almost apply the rules of chess to everyday life as well if, you know, if you're really looking for it. You could. So what is the your favorite genre to represent? If you could only represent one genre for the rest I, I, of your I, I, life. I like mystery which crime one? thriller. You know, that's my... Mystery crime yeah, that's, that's a good answer. I like that. Yeah, that's it. I like that. Yeah. yeah. And that's pretty much um, had the most success, you know, just because I'm passionate. Yeah, I like that. It. I mean, I started out in business books just because I had to start somewhere, you know. Right. Yeah, of course. You we know, all have to start somewhere. You know, I, I like mystery crime and thrillers. Suspense. It's um, logical. It's actually because of you that I wrote the murder book, the the crime book I wrote for that I sat in Shetland. Um, and I went out and I found a detective to help me with it. And funnily enough, I ended up working with a, a detective from the first 48 hours. Mm -hmm. And he really guided me with it and really made me feel like the journey was worth it. To put in the time and the effort in was really worth it. And then, you know, it's one that I know that I could give you the first three chapters and the blurb and you could probably go sell tomorrow. Yeah, possible. And I know it's a series that you could probably go sell tomorrow. Um, is it grimy? Is it gritty? Yeah. Can I write the end? Have I written the ending yet? No, but I know what the ending is. It's just uh, getting that time to, like, finish projects has been problem for me because i've got the podcast and i've been studying it yeah, right, exactly. and trying to find all that time is, is it's a hard balance but if it wasn't for you i would never have oh jeez i would never written that book so um i have to I have to thank you for that You're welcome that's why i i will one day give it to you yeah um and be well, very proud of writing it. it you know yeah of course what's the hardest part of your job would you say you know, the hardest part of my job is kind of juggling the different things, you know, put together. Like, in other words, like expectations. Schedule. Of author. Yeah, scheduling. But also expectations of the authors. Like, for instance, revisions are like the name of the game, you know. It very rarely do you get yeah. this kind of, that there isn't revisions. Just like trying to talk to them, trying to kind of keep the balls in the air, everything going at once. And, um you know, yeah. that's why it's I like, hard. that's why I like if, if somebody has a whole bunch of you know, like oh, I have a whole bunch of books, I like to work on one just because I can I can develop it instead of doing like a whole bunch. you know, if it's a series, yeah, that's cool. And like I said, if it's a crime series or a mystery yeah. series, I mean, I, you know, as long as it isn't historical, that's the other thing. It's like I got this really great historical is difficult. Yeah, yeah, I got this really great one that said in Las Vegas in the 30s when it was, you know, and the guy's a Native American detective he's actually the sheriff for the county it's called clark county you know mm -hmm. but like you know it's historical so it, it makes it, it makes it hard but then then again i like that kind of stuff too you know so i'm just the hardest thing for me in my business is kind of developing that you know like list of contacts of stuff that i the, the you know, that I can do and just kind of keep everything together. And then along with the expectations of the author, like I told you about the, the poetry neuroscience guy, you know, it's just like, yeah, I had it. It was like the easiest thing in the world, but it was like, no, you know, so dealing, dealing with authors mm -hmm. expectations and dealing with um, trying to figure out exactly like the other thing is too, it's like, I, I realize this too. Like I work all the time. I, I don't, my life's my work. Right. So yeah. I have to like figure out something else to do, <laughs> you know, to relax. You need to figure out what, what your downtime is yeah, and, and when, when you need to take it. You know, because Reno's yeah, got, like, got go for a hike. ability, you know, Reno's really, you know, there's a lot of hiking and stuff, but you know, what I'm saying is, is just, just 
taking time off and 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 and, and, and trying to keep it in recharge your batteries. Yeah. yeah. That's what. what the what's the best quality that you admire in writing? Is there being a specific quality that that you pick up on and you love more than anything else? Well, you know, I think the first person you know, narrative is kind of easy to do is easier to do than the third person. So I'm impressed with somebody that can write it in a third person. Cause I think it's harder to do. Also, I'm impressed yeah. with people that um, can take a historical character, let's say like Gandhi or, you know, Benjamin Franklin or mm-hmm. Oliver Cromwell or something. And then like create a, um, a credible um, story with them, you know, with the dialogue and stuff. So I'm drawn to that. You know, I'm drawn to, I mean, I like, you know, I mean, I haven't had a lot of luck with historical, you know, fiction, but yeah, um, I'm still working on it. It's like you, I'm not, I'm not going to give up, you know, I'm going to keep going, you know, I'm going to keep doing it. You'll, you'll find your way through and you'll yeah. find the right ones to talk to. So I, I, Del I, Rey is, is I don't like, I don't really like second person. Second person just seems hokey to me. It, it might not be bad for like a short story. But the second, the second person, like you do this, you do that, you you said this, you said that, you know, it's like you walk into the room, it's like Ugh, I hate that. But so first person yeah. can be good, but it's limited in a sense because you got to kind of move yes, in and out. So the, so, so the third person is the most impressive thing. If you can write something in the third person, um, that's hard to do, but it's it's better. It's, it's kind of like black and white photography versus color photography. Color photography is everybody knows yeah, color course. photography, right? But if you get it in, in black and white and it's done, it's harder to do, but it's way more effective. You see, and so that's yeah. the way I look at third person. You know, I'm impressed if somebody can write it. You know, like the whole book in the third person. It's it's. Um, I, I know it was something that you were impressed with when it came to me because that was all I wrote in. Yeah. And I think you were like, oh, yeah. <laughs> this was not writing the other way, um, which was slightly embarrassing for me. But yeah, um, it happens, you know, but that, yeah. that's what draws yeah. me in. You know, I just I um, yeah. it has to I don't know. There just has to be a way of also beginning a book too, like how a book is mm-hmm. kind of like what draws you in, you know, like right away. For instance, I had because you only have the first ten pages. Yeah, yeah. I had, this one, first I had this one book. This lady was a book scout. She was really nice. Really knew what she was doing. Mm-hmm. She's like, I got this book for you. It's a science fiction thing set in thirty thirty or something, you know. And um, I read the synopsis, and it was terrible. I was like, this is really bad. And I said, well, you know, I said to myself, I'll, I'll just read the first ten pages just to see. I finished the whole fifty pages. Like it was just, it was amazing. So writing a synopsis is a difficult thing for writers to do, to talk about what their book's about. I find that that, that's where I fall down. I really, I do. Right there, yeah. Yeah, I never find it easy. And I've just done one recently, and I haven't done one in so long, and it felt so alien to do it. Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, And it was just like, do I even know what I'm doing anymore? You like just, this is what you do. You, uh, you just you you tell the plot, and then how the book ends. Mm-hmm. If there's like a twist. You got to say what it is. And it's usually about yeah. five pages. And then I kind of boiled it down. How about a thousand words? Like thousand words. You know, like, you know, they say a picture's worth a thousand words. That's what it was. Cause I was yeah. See, when I'm trying to stretch over thirty, yeah, though, you know, like, like if I have to do it, it over on, three pages on, or whatever. I, I hate yeah. doing it, but I had to do it for one of my clients. I didn't get paid. It was yeah. like laborious, you know. I mean, it was just like sitting there, like, oh, I hate this. So, I mean, I understand that. But like I said, this one. Book, I must admit, if you were my agent, I would probably say, "All right, can you please, me, please, yeah, please, please right. do my synopsis?" But <laughs> help me, help me. You know, because that's where I fall down on my face, and I know that at least, like with you, it might stand a chance. You know, and the other thing is, <laughs> what I love to do is pitches, like really short it doesn't have to yeah. be grammatical but two or three it's almost like a log line two or three yeah, i like log lines. marketing language that, that just what you wanted them to do is look at the book and that and i'm really good at that mm-hmm. i am really good at that yeah i know and i i can really trust you with that like there's not many people i can say hey i i can 
I'll trust you to do the log line because you know me. I'm quite controlling over my work, right. and uh, that's because I I've put so much into it usually. Um, you and everybody. But you were like one of the very first people I actually just sort of said, "Okay, here, um, take it away," and and I trusted you with it. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, you know, it's true. that was like huge. For you got to, you, you know, the, the, there, there's an art and there's a science, like we were talking about chess, right? Yeah. To it. And yep. um, the pitch, I'm a pitch artist. I mean, I've always been that way. So I want to be, yep. I want people to look at it and take one look at it and then take another look at it, you know? And um, I always put those in my emails when I send out stuff and I don't send it out if I don't have it. And I always send it to you, the author, for you to. First, yeah. yeah. You know, and some people are like, oh, it's great. You know, other people are like, oh, you know, there needs to be a comma here. And I'm like, it's not grammatical. It doesn't have to be grammatical. It just has to be. No, it doesn't. It just has to be grabbing. Yeah. And, yeah. You know. That's why, like, I felt like when I, I met you, you had an understanding of it. And I didn't feel like I was having to hold your hand like I had done with other agents. Right. And I didn't feel like I was an educational system that you were learning off of you kind of just made me feel like I could relax for and just focus on my writing and that's all like that's all a published author wants to be able to do is just to relax focus on the writing and and not worry about the pitching or getting something published or or any of that they just want to be able to write and they want that freedom to be able to write and and for a while for a while, you were able to give me that, and I was I was really honestly um, happy, so happy about that. And it did it, it did make me very happy because I was I was able to say, okay, I can I can stop worrying now. I can I can just do what I do best. So yeah, yeah I always thank you for that. Well, I appreciate that. So moving into um, the life part of the podcast, what is the first thing that you do when you want to de-stress from, you know, editing books with clients and, you know, write, you know, writing up the pitches and things like that? What do you like to do? I like cooking. <laughs> That's a good answer. Yeah. I know a lot of ladies out there will be going, ooh, yeah. Like yeah. And um, I have a friend, uh, he's a, he was a client, but he's kind of a friend of mine too. He's got some land out yeah. uh, in California, like up in the mountains and we build a bonfire right. that's on Friday night. And Saturday, I just try not to do any work. It's, it's hard, but I turn my computer and my computer's on all week. And I try to turn, I, I, I couldn't do it last two weeks ago because I had another meeting to do on Saturday, but usually I don't. So Saturdays, I usually try to keep, not do anything at least until like the early afternoon, late afternoon, you know, because it's just, you know, so I like cooking and I like hiking, you know, I haven't done it enough. I'd like to do it some more. It's good. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So. Yeah. It's it's less chilly and less you know dangerous and frigid. Yeah. Kind of coming into the hot. Oh, it makes sense. Maybe. Well, this brings us into the next question, which is, what hobbies do you enjoy and which ones do you wish you could explore more? Well, I, I like yoga, you know, I've, I've done it before and I, I, I'm really kind of rusty now. So I was thinking about maybe like taking a class, going outside my comfort zone. That would be, yeah, it's really good for I, you. I knew what I was doing, but it's been so long and I know I'm kind of like a little bit out of shape. So I wish, I hope I can do that. Um, and then, like I said, just more of a routine of taking the time out of the out of my day to say like you know like take a hike as they were saying or go along the river or something so i, I like to do that in the and 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 like i said like the, with cooking and other stuff i've got this yeah new, find your find your peaceful place yeah i've got this new place and i remember i came home and it was like eight o'clock at night i just started cooking stuff making all this food and then just then i have it for the next day you know i eat some of it not a lot because yep. it's later and then I take it for the next day. So for me, it's, um, and I also don't mind doing dishes either. Like if, if there's dishes to do, it puts, it takes me out of my mind, my, out of my thing. And I just do them, you know? And for a while there, yeah, I was working, good. I have a friend who's a handyman and I was helping him and I'm not very handy myself, 
but it was coming out mm-hmm. of my head. It got me away from the office, and I've really found a great perspective. You know, like you know, hammering, drilling, working with concrete. You know, doing so. I don't do it. I don't do it anymore because I'm, I've actually expanded my business now, so I can work yeah. for myself now, which is. I'm so mm-hmm. grateful for that. So humble about that, but I never gave up. And that's my message to you guys who are writers who are watching the Broken Life podcast is just don't give up. Don't ever give up. Just keep going. Yeah. You know, that's what I did. Get, you get there in the end. And yeah. it's, it's a great experience. Yeah. Definitely. What would be the one thing if there was anything in the world you could do for a day, what would it be and why? Well, I like traveling, you know, so probably like you know going to the coast and walking along the beach or you know going to Croatia and going down to Dubrovnik and hanging out in the coffee shop and you know just traveling and looking you know so if I could do that there's another thing I want to mention that I I know it sort of comes back to business but when I first started this business I mean like in 2020 when 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 there was the the COVID-19 all this stuff kind of canceled. Well, to be honest with you, I wasn't able to travel to New York. I wasn't able to travel to London. I wasn't, I didn't have the money. Right. So in a way it yeah. worked perfectly for me, you know what I'm saying? I was like, I was so happy. I could just, I could just go to my, I had this office co-working space downtown. There's a big sign on the door that said we're closed. I just walk in and do my work. There was like three or four of us. They took, they shut up all mm-hmm. the parking meters. So it was like you park right in front, go in there and just do your work. So, I think for me, if I could travel, I think if you travel a lot, I have a friend who's a travel agent. If you travel, it takes you out of your comfort zone. It's something new. So for me to go to the beach and just walk along the beach or something, that that would be, you know, cool. I like to swim. So, I mean, in the warm weather, you know, that's another thing. No, that's a really good answer. And I think I think there's a lot of people that can connect with that and understand that. I myself have idiopathic rheumatoid arthritis. No, I'm not saying that I'm an idiot. Um, it is, just means that the doctors don't know what causes uh, I know, it's my a arthritis problem, to yeah. attack and make me yeah. And it's painful. Sorry? I get it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, like last year, I, I went through, I got sepsis of my jaw joints and I had to have them removed. And then it was six months I had to survive without being able to chew. And uh, then in July, I had them put, I was scheduled to have them put back in. And I stopped breathing before they even got started. And they had to put a breathing tube in my neck. And uh, I I had to get a chest strain put in because my lung collapsed. And and then uh, the following week, I was supposed to get married. And uh, I actually was wheeled into surgery to get my jaw joints put in. And then it was a three long, long weeks to recover. But I got home and then I got married in November. And yeah, I, I just think, you know, that's that's the fight that I have with this disease. And it, it eats joints and it eats cartilage and it goes after whatever it wants. And, uh, you know, it's just that's what's made me strong. It's what's made me a warrior. And um, it makes me appreciate the day. And I guess I'm asking you, what what makes you, you know, stop and smell the roses and appreciate the day? I like to stop and smell the roses. Um, you know, I I I'm, I'm, I really feel like you have to have a. I have like a zero tolerance for negativity. I have another. I have a friend who I've been trying to help do some stuff, and she's always going to make a million dollars on Thursday, and then it never happens. And then she's always going to do something else, and she's on the phone. She works the hardest that she can work. But she's always making up excuses about, oh, this didn't happen, or this happened, or this happened. And I was just like, I, I just, I, 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 I keep a positive attitude. If somebody asks me how I'm doing, I'm doing fabulous. That's what you told me. I was like, Splendid. That's my dad's word. He loves he loves that word. Splendid. You know, everything's great. <laughs> and so like my dad was telling my dad he's ninety six and he lives in a you know in old people's home, but an old age home. And it was like he was he'd say, Well my son, that's what my son does. It's like, how's it going? It's going great. And then in, in a way I kind of feel like mind your mind 
over matter. Your mind kind of creates that. You see what I'm saying? If something bad yeah. happens, like, so, you know, it's like the Holocaust. Okay. I'll give you an answer. It's bad. Well, it's supposed to, people are dying or the Ukraine mentioned the Ukrainian war. You know, it's bad, but you got to, you, you got to, you got to understand that blessings and curses are both miracles. Both of them are miracles. Yeah, that's it. And, you, you know, know and you so, need to balance the world that. out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, if God's going to be vengeful upon you and you say, that's it, you can't do anything about it, but you got to have, you got to have faith and you got to be, you got to be positive mm -hmm. all the time. And I'm always positive. I mean, I try, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Big smile. It, it, sometimes it's not easy. Yeah. Yeah. Smile. <laughs> I'm telling you. I, I do that a lot yeah, more now. Look in the mirror and smile, and I'm telling you, it it, it creates it. But you know, it helps. Yeah, you got to create your own reality. What's your What's your favorite place to go curl up in during the day? Do you like to go to a garden? Do you like have a cafe you like to go to, or a readers' nook? Is there a place you like to curl up with your your manuscripts to read them? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I'm house sitting for these friends of mine, and they. Uh, I used I like I, I hate reading in bed. I just I, I don't like it. But I've gotten a little bit into the habit of it where I'm living now because it's smaller. So I've been doing that, and it's, yeah. it's not it's not it's, it's not too bad. It's, it's it's okay. But I like um, being able to like you know in the warm weather to sit outside to do that. Um, but the, but there's like a little nook that I go to of the thing, and then there's a light there, and I just I kind of put up my feet and I read it, and um, it's good. I find more and more. That I've had to read on the screen, you know, um, which is yeah. unfortunate because I like to have the printed page and I like to do that and I can relate to it. Yeah. But um, it doesn't always work that way. So it depends. On, it really depends on what it is you're reading and what it is you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. So I, I, I like to kind of go into like a sort of a, like a dark, like a sequestered place to read. Yeah. That I'm not. Sure. That's good because it's 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 getting calming and quiet. Yeah, so I'm I'm lucky in that way. I have a lot of different places that I can do, and I, I sort of adapted. Like I said, I didn't like to read in bed, but now in my house, you know, it's just easier. I tried reading it like on the couch or you know in the living room and stuff like that, and it just didn't. You know, I, I just found myself kind of distracted. So um, yeah. I've, I've, I've developed. I I think I've developed a habit. It takes like 21 days to to create a habit. So I sort of created a habit of doing that. Um, and, I know that feeling. Cause I, I read in the bath and, yeah. and I read, um, I read in the car and I read, <laughs> I read, you know, in bed, I, I have a terrible habit of not, not, you know, taking time away from books and stuff. Yeah, um, so, my husband's always saying, am I your taxi driver or are we going yeah, somewhere? Like to know, like... And I'm like, sorry, honey, <laughs> yeah. just reading, you know? No, yeah, you gotta work. Uh, so then we're at the uh, favorite part for the readers and the listeners and everyone who loves this show. We're going to do the word game. And it's, it can either be word association or it can be words that you can connect to a book. So this is going to test you a little bit. Probably not gonna be really so you can either say uh, a book that comes to mind or a word that comes to mind. So you, you get... You can do either one, okay? Okay. So your first word is Dettol, which is like an antiseptic what is it? spray. It's like a cleaning spray. Cleaning spray. Cleaning spray. I just like it's kind of like a sterile like, smell. Like squeegee. Squeegee, yeah, yeah. That's good. <laughs> That's what you're going with, yeah, squeegee. squeegee. <laughs> what about lemons? Lemons, I I I would think you, you 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 with lemons, it's like this idea of like you got a lemon, you make lemonade, you know, and you. Oh, that's a nice one. Okay, oranges. Oranges. So that's like my favorite. Orange juice is like my favorite juice. You know, my favorite drink. I like drink it all the time. So there you go. Orange juice. I'm getting a roll now. Spinning globes. Yeah, spinning globes. It's, it's like it's like, like this idea of like spinning the globe, and then like putting your finger on some place, like Muritania or some like weird. 
or like Angola or some weird place and imagine going there. Imagine what it's like to be yeah. there. Or read a travel book. Fun. Yeah. Bruce Chatwin. He's great. What about chalk? Chalk? I think of like art, like chalk art. There's a chalk art festival here in Reno. And I have a friend that's a chalk artist. So I think of like different colors of chalk and being able to kind of chalk it up. <laughs> <laughs> Last but not least, marker pens. Marker pens. Is that like, is that like, um, like magic markers? Flat markers. Like magic markers. Yeah. 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 Just, um, Kind of like sign, like making, like making signs, you know, like make a sign out of a, yeah. out of a magic marker. So I just sort of see like it as a kind of a, a sign. Sign at a show or a concert Yeah, yeah, or something. or something, you know, being able to use it. Well, that's the end of our show, folks. Oh, no. Eric, you've no. made it to the end. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much. For um, thank you. It has been a very honor to have you on, and I was really lucky to meet you at the time I met you. And you know, I hope that uh, I hope one day that we're sitting here on the show talking about a book I've signed or some good news for for us in the future. Um, and I, you know, I'm going to stay positive. Yeah, that's it. You got to stay. Positive. We're, we're going to do something great. Um, but yeah, guys, that's the show for today. But please come back next week where we've got another amazing writer that will be joining us. And I'm sure that you're not going to expect who they are. That's all from us, folks. And I will see you again next Monday.